0: together. I want to thank Steve Burns for filling in and singing some songs for us and leading our worship. Bro, thank you so much and appreciate your, your faith and your hearts. If you're visiting with us, we are uh, in the midst of a, a Bible seri- series entitled The Christian Atheist. And uh, last week was a, was a phenomenal uh, uh, a lesson on when you believe in God but trust more in money. And that's the concept of The series is that when we believe in God intellectually, but we live our lives as if he doesn't exist. And that's what we call the Christian Atheist. And many of us can fall into that. We grow up knowing God. Our parents loved us enough to teach us about God and and give us some fundamental principles about God and and learning and growing up about God. But somehow the, the principles didn't stick. It didn't translate into a life that lived out the scriptures, and we lose our way. You know, whenever I go to share my faith, I always notice that. People say, well, I believe in God, but you, you sense there's not much of a, 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 of a relationship there. And so today's lesson is entitled, When You Believe in God, But Don't Share Your Faith. You know, most people do believe in the Bible. They do believe in God. Um, but most of them grow up, Having a faith in God, then it disappears when they can make their own decisions, their own choices. You know, I believed in God my whole life in the sense of my parents brought me to church and my mom got me involved in church. But would I share my faith? No way. That was personal. Because God is personal. It's a personal thing, I thought. And I grew up thinking, that's just how it is. That's just how it is. It's it's personal. No one really shares their faith. People just kind of show up at church and they come when they want. That's how I thought it really was. And no one at church ever shared their faith with me. You know, I went to a church where one time during the whole hour, you know, you're standing, you're sitting next to a guy you have not yet introduced yourself to, nor he you. You're just, and there's this moment in church where they they make you do it. And you're like, pfft. And, I, and I, I'd be like a 12-year-old kid, and I'd be like, I always get stuck with the 50-year-old man going, this is going to be intense. And I wasn't paying attention to the service, I was focused on, how am I going to introduce myself, what do I say, and I would always quickly just hold my hand out, and he would say something, and I would be like, and that would be it. And uh, I could say, technically, I shared my hand, but not my faith. And that's kind of the concept of the Christian Atheist, you know, we think Jesus saves, right? Jesus saves. Right? He saves. Right. You know? Yeah. He saves. <laughs> you know, sometimes we can miss the meaning of what Jesus is doing. Oh. We can miss the meaning of what Jesus saved really means. We can miss the meaning. And as you grow up, and, you, and, you behave, and you're in your own person, you, you, what you learned before, you, it loses its meaning. It loses its, its, its luster. What grabbed you at first doesn't grab you anymore, and so we evolve until we call the Christian atheist. What you doing, Jesus? My first point is Jesus gave faith to others. Look in your Bibles in John chapter five, on, verse one. Jesus gave faith to others. This is. Our leader, this is the one who we worship and are in awe of, is Jesus. Amen. So when he came down from heaven, he had to model it for us. He had to show us how to do it. And there's many examples on how he did it. Jesus was a master at storytelling. He can grab your attention with the parable. But in this case, he went up to a situation, and it's kind of common to us. That's why I like to use this passage in verse 1. It says, Sometimes, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem You know, what, a, what an interesting question to ask this man. Do you want to get... I mean, of course he does. But he's, he's just trying to engage in conversation. He's trying to initiate... Hey, I'm just... Hey, this is a silly question. <laughs> What's your name? This is a silly question. Hey, what are you doing? I'm going to class. Hey, this is a silly question. You know, he's just trying to engage a conversation. Do you want to get well? I mean, it was obviously the guy wanted to get well. That's why he was there. And verse 7. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. You never hear that? Oh, yes, I, I've been to church. Yeah, yeah, I know the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I used to read as a kid all the time, man. Yeah, yeah, I go to a great church, man. I go to a great church. I mean, so many times people offer us excuses. And sometimes that stops us from just sharing our faith. We hear enough excuses, we're like, I'm done sharing. Look what Jesus does. Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. How many people do we come across... And we see them in this paralyzed spiritual state. They believe in God, but live as if he doesn't exist. How many people do we know? How many people do we come in contact with that are just paralyzed? They're stuck. And they start thinking, is this it? Is this it? I go to church? Just like Teresa said, I grew up knowing God, but my life has no impact. I would never, ever bring up God in a conversation. And this can be very frustrating. If you truly have a heart for God, this is a frustrating spiritual state to be in. Well, you want to change, you want to do what's right, but you realize, man, that I have no power to overcome. I have no power to change. And the indicator is this. How often do you share your faith? That's the indicator. How often do you do it? When do you do it? Do you want to get well? That's a good question. I have no one to help me. Look what he says. He says, get up. Some say that can be kind of rude. Get to church. Get to going. You know, hang out with the, with the college students on Thursday and, and uh, we meet for Bible talk. And it's like, let's go share our faith. I'm not asking. We're doing it. Because that's what we do. Sometimes you've got to be told, hey, get up and go. And we may not like the sound of that, but, you know, get up is where it starts. Getting up off the couch. Uh Getting Getting out of your car. You know, the scary place sometimes is a parking lot. When you're going to your car, and 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 I'm I'm assuming it's safe, of course, not some dark you know. And you see someone, you're like, you made eye contact, you're like, oh, dang, we made eye contact. And you know, as a Christian, you're like, I should probably go share my faith, but it's weird now. It's weird now. It's, it's awkwardness. He stared at me, I stared at him, and he's not trying to pick a fight. The guy just looked. I looked. I'm like... Mm. And, and then there's nothing else to do but make that walk over. Excuse me. And there's this long... It lasts only a second, but it just feels like forever. Hello, I want to invite you to cheer. And it takes forever to get the flyer out. You're like, (laughs) And then you're waiting like a just a vulnerable little child. What is he going to think of me? When you believe in God, but don't share your faith, get up. Jesus gave faith to others. Number two, is the apostles shared their faith. One thing that Jesus does it, amen for Jesus. He's the man. Oh, his apostles did it too. They shared their faith. In Acts chapter 8, we see this passage. It says, after they had, after that, after they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord... And testified about Jesus. Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Wasn't just any any village, any city. It was a Samaritan village. It was where they they were hated. There was a hostility between them and the Jews, especially the apostles. There was a hostility toward the relationship. And here they go, sharing and preaching and sharing of their faith in these hostile environments. Ever been at work? Yeah. Sometimes it could be hostile. You're like, I'm, I'm surrounded by Samaritans. You ever been in a store? And the clerk's taking forever? And you're like, is she new? Really, it's, it's just a pause for you to share your faith. Because otherwise, it's kind of fast. Oh, wait by the way, oh, it's, we've got to go, show sure your faith. Sometimes I get self-focused. I'm going like, this person's new. I'm frustrated. I get self-focused. I just can't believe this is taking forever. And I just stand, just stand there, silent. If I just look tough enough, no one will bother me. And that's sometimes how it goes, to be frankly honest with you. But afterwards, I'm going, that was an opportunity you know, you rarely get a pause in the checking line. It's it pretty quick. And then sometimes that chats you up and you're like, this is no, and it goes, woo, it just flies by and then it gets really awkward. But there's a pause in the line for going, <clears throat> hello. Do you want to get well? I mean, you always have an awkward question. Sharing your faith is going to be an awkward situation. You cannot get around it. You can dress it up all you want. But there's always a feeling of awkwardness. There always is. If it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> Thus we have the Christian atheist. Most of the apostles went to remote places to share their faith. And most of them died doing just that. Why do they do that? Why? This is why they did it. The last words of Jesus to his apostles recorded. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Just, just think about it. They live in a, in a small, remote area known as Jerusalem. Go into all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach them. To obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. That's why they did it. Because they were told to get up. And that's what separates the real McCoy from the Christian atheist. They get up. Ever try working out? Ever weigh 206 pounds and you're going like, dude, what am I going to do? as you're just eating popcorn and ice cream. <laughs> and you kind of motivate yourself intellectually. Tomorrow is the day. Tomorrow. And tomorrow you grab some more ice cream. Yeah. And tomorrow, this is, I'm sick, tomorrow's it. Yeah. And we're just still on the couch at 11.30, eating chocolate-covered almonds. Almonds do have good monosaturated oil in them. Dark chocolate is high in antioxidants. (laughs) And we almost convince ourselves that our spiritual state is good. And and we really know it's really not. But we convince ourselves. They were given a specific direction to go do it. Not, Not just to do it, but also to teach it. And sharing your faith. It's gutsy. It's hard. It's not easy. You know, when when you get when you get married, it's kind of easy. You're like, oh, she likes me, and I like her, and it's gonna be a great Valentine's. It's gonna be awesome. And then you're then you're getting married. Then you're you're, you're in the fellowship of the ring. Then yeah. you're going like, man, I didn't realize uh, she was like that. <laughs> it's going, you know, it's woo! I didn't realize I was like that. What came out of my mouth? I would never say, you say things because yeah, yeah. it's getting, the reality is setting in of what you, what, you, what you just committed to. It's the same principle as when you, excuse me, you just commit. excuse me. That's my line, excuse me. <laughs> and there's this moment of, I'm in. I've just committed myself. Excuse me. And I could be quick and say, hey, what time is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's my watch. What time? <laughs> we could try to do that. A woman, a woman on staff of a local school where she worked became engaged. A friend and a colleague offered her some advice. The first 10 years of marriage are the hardest, they said. And she asked, well, how long have you been married? 10 years. (laughs) No matter how long you're a Christian, sharing your faith will be hard. Sometimes we think, oh, they're that energetic person. It's so easy for them. No, it's not. People think the misconception that Gio's excited. He's a minister. He must love doing this. I'd rather be on the couch eating chocolate-covered, monosaturated almonds. (laughs) That's what I would love to be doing. But I told the campus to meet me on Thursday for Bible talks, and I, I told my show up, so now I have to go. I have to get up. Amen. You can hide as a minister and not share your faith, too. You can hide as a church member and not share your faith, too. Yeah. We can hide. But we're given specific direction. Amen. Point number three is the ones who never saw Jesus shared their faith. You know, one thing that Jesus did, amen, the apostles did it, they were with them, it was awesome, but how about the ones who never saw Jesus, what did they do? What was their life like? Look in your Bibles in Acts chapter 28, I want to share a passage with you, Acts Acts chapter 8, verse 26, sorry, Acts chapter 8, verse 26, and we're going to look at a guy named Philip, Philip never met Jesus. You know what Philip did in the church? He was a young convert, young guy, awesome. You know what his job was in the church? He would help out with setting up the tables for the potluck and make sure people got food for the potluck. He made sure that the widows, you know, made sure they got food. He made sure that the older sisters got their share of food. That was his role in the church. Wasn't leading songs. Wasn't preaching the word on stage. He was just, that was his job. Philip. And look what Philip does in Acts chapter 8. Look at verse 26. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in a chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. And Philip told the Spirit, "No way, I'm not doing it." No, it doesn't say that. You know, here's Philip, and he he's prompted by the Spirit to go. Hey, there's a guy over there in this chariot. Now you can imagine Philip, who's the potluck server. He's on this road. He's walking, and here's the here's the in, here's the, the 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 Department of Treasury, the head of it, on his chariot reading the scriptures, which you had to be very wealthy to have at those times, and he's reading it out loud. God said they read the Bible in the Old Testament. They read it out loud. And there's Philip. And the Spirit says, go over there next to that chariot. You know, sometimes you can be standing in line. Sometimes you can be at your cubicle. Sometimes you can be in your driveway, and there's your neighbor. And, and God's telling you, hey, go over there, and go, go next to your neighbor. Go see that person. Go see that, go talk to him. And we have a choice to make. And Philip makes a choice. He decides to listen to the Spirit. And in verse 30. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading the, the prophet Isaiah. And he asked this question. Of course, Jesus says, Hey, do you want to get well? 38 years of invalid. Do you want to get well? And you know, Philip's the same way. Hey, do you understand what you're reading? What an insulting question to a man reading his Bible. I'm important, I know how to read. <clears throat> don't you see my plaque here? Department of Treasury. I'm from the Queen. I'm important. But he asked a startling question. Do you understand what you're Because most people that look the part, smell the part, drive the part, don't know what they're reading. And the Christian atheist says, oh, he already he's already got it going on. He's fine. He's good. Oh, he goes to church? He's good. Oh, he grew up in a a Christian school church? Oh, he's always definitely good. He's more good than me. And we write off sharing our faith. And here Philip goes, Hey, you understand what you're reading? And here's his response. How can I? Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. You know, if you're here visiting with church today, you you know what would be great and encourage you to do? Is to invite someone up into your life. Invite them in. Invite and sit down and and do a Bible study. Because look what happens here in verse 32. This is the passage of scripture that Eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before a shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who was the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? He wanted context. He wanted to understand. He was a seeker. Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. You know, the eunuch never would have had this humble disposition if Philip didn't ask. We don't know what the soil is like. We're just told to get up off the couch and go do it. We don't know what the response is going to be like. You know, several months ago, Zaldi and Marisol were at the coffee bean just having a cup of coffee. And while they're going out, they, you know, Marisol invites this girl, hey, do you want to come to church? And she goes, yes, I've been looking for a church. Did Marisol know that? No. But she was ready. Her name is Shannon, and she's getting baptized after service. She was ready. You know, we don't know what the soul and the condition of hearts of men are. We're not in control of that soil. What we are in control of is, here's the seed. Woo! We're in charge of this. We can control this. The amount we distribute. We're in charge of that. The response is God's. The soil we do not know. Verse 36, after he tells them the good news about Jesus, look what happens. As they travel along the road... They came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. The eunuch said, Not Philip. What can stand in my way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip. In charge of the potluck distribution. You ever get that urge to share your faith? You're like, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And you go, excuse me. And you're going, and then right away you're going, that was awkward. Yes. You've committed yourself. I'm always struggle with that with that commitment of when I say, "Eh." you know what I fear the most is when I'm trying to share my faith, and the guy just keeps walking by like I don't exist. I'm like, ah, that hurt my pride. Yeah. What does that 19-year-old think he is? Yeah, I'm a 39-year-old guy going on campus. Yeah. I don't have a cubicle. I can't go to, I can show my camera, my camera. She's already a Christian. I'm like, hey, honey, want to come to church? That's, That's not going to work. I got to get up and go find people. Yeah. Yeah. So I find people at, on campus, at the gas station, in the line. And one of the most painful parts of sharing my faith is the rejection that I may face. That yeah, I'm not interested. They're gonna look at me. Nope, sorry. I'm like, Pff. and I think is it my approach? No, the soul just the soul's not ready. Is it my style? Excuse me. No matter how I deliver it, no matter how I say it. You know, if I hadn't shared my faith in a while, it comes out. just Here's a card. Take it. Just take it and run. Because it's just hard to get out. your It's all right there. It's all right there. You're so, it just, it's been so long. You know what I find? The more I share my faith, the more it just, it becomes almost a feeling of, it's still hard, but it feels better. It feels better. We're not in charge of the soil. We're in charge of the seed. You know, people believe that there's three levels of commitment out there. That's what I understand. When I go out there and I meet people, they say, well, I'm a believer. I occasionally come to church. I'm a believer. One says, I'm a Christian. I grew up Christian. I attended church. Most often, I am a Christian. And then there's a disciple. Those guys actually do it. They talk it, they walk it, and they're doing it. And the reality is, the Bible says that believer, Christian and disciple are one and the same person. But we want to categorize the levels of devotion. The le- we can do it in the church. Yeah. Well, it's Gio, it's great, but it's not my gift. See, I, I'm good at no, no no, no,, no, no, it's my gift. I'm good at serving. it's my thing. I'm, hospi- I'm hospitable. That's a great gift-based ministry. But it does not alleviate you from the direction that Jesus gives us. He gave the apostles. They did it. And then here's Philip. He was taught this. Philip later on becomes an evangelist. And then his daughters are preaching. He he not only got it from the apostles, he embraced it. And then he taught his three girls who were doing it. Because it must be Believed, you must live it, and you must teach it. You know, a young woman was taking an afternoon nap. After she woke up, she told her husband, I just dreamed that you gave me a pearl necklace for Valentine's Day. What do you think it means? He says, you'll know tonight. That evening, the man came home with a small package and gave it to his wife. Delighted, she opened it only to find a book entitled, The Meaning of Dreams. (laughs) Your expectations of what you think a Christian is could be wrong. My expectations of what I thought a man who loved God was, was wrong. And if you come to church thinking that your expectations are correct, that's not very humble. The only thing we're called to be humble to is the word of God. Yeah. And the reality of my life is I never read the Bible. It just was in our house. And my mother my was always famous to say, I read the Bible when I was five. She, she would always say it in the house. I'm like, that's great, mom. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, 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 I inherited this belief. But I go to church. I'm fine. And a lot of us, we can grow up that way. I'm fine. Sharing your faith is not a gift-based ministry. From Jesus to the apostles, from the apostles to disciples, from you to your children. From the Bible, we see that there was an intentional and purposeful mission in carrying out the last will of Jesus. That was his last will. Go and make disciples. Go into the nations. Go. And the Christian atheist, he avoids this at all costs. And The Bible speaks to it. In Titus 1, they claim to know God, but their actions deny him. The Christian atheist, he believes in God, but he doesn't share his faith. He ignores the things that Jesus says because it doesn't fit his paradigm of Christianity, it doesn't fit the model. And God has this heart our God and Savior, who wants all people to be saved. And to come to the knowledge of truth. How else is God's word going to get out if we don't be, deliver the message? We don't. You know what we're good at? When someone's in trouble, please pray for them. We're awesome, and we're the best deliverers of that message all day long. Someone's sick, pray. Someone's lost, oh, oh well. And that could be our hearts. Someone said, he's having to get the church to pray. We believe that part. But someone's struggling, spiritually lost. Oh, hope they hope they have a friend. Hope they know somebody. That's the Christian yeah, atheist. That's hard to hear, but that's the reality. We have we have a cure for them, and we hold on to it. It's the power to change. People grow up religious and they're powerless, and they know it. They're going, "I believe really, I believe in God, but my life does not reflect what the what I know." And there's a frustration there. So this is what Paul says to the church in Romans. He says this, and this is, the, this is written to us. How then can they call on the, on the one they have not believed in? How can people call on God they don't believe? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach Unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. How are your feet today? Good news. How can they hear? How can they get the message? How can anyone know God if they're not sent? God is sending us out into the world. To go and make disciples of all nations. It's not our job or our concern with what the response is going to be. We can't control that. We can control this. Have some, have some. You need a little extra. Have a little more. We can control that. Yeah. We can control our mouth. I, 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 you want to go down? What are you doing? How? I, how? How? Would you like? We can control this all day long. We can get up off the couch. We can put down the chocolate almond. We can put it down. It says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed my soul today by obeying the word. You know, your, our physical abilities need to transfer to the spiritual qualities. A lot of us have great physical gifts. We love to be in shape. We have focus. We are, we're excellent in, in the secular things of life. But When it comes to the spiritual side, there's a disconnect. There's a big chasm of disconnection. And that's where you find the gap of where you are as a Christian atheist. God is sending us. I am sending you to go out into all the world, into your neighborhoods, and your neighbors, and your ice cream shops, and your restaurants, and your schools, and the parking lot of your schools, and your practices of athletics, all the areas God has put you to go and make disciples of all nations. And to God be the glory. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. Yeah.